Hi, I'm Melinda Salento, the Chief Executive of CEDA, the Committee for Economic Development of Australia, and welcome to CEDA's Policy Snacks podcast, a series of bite-sized explainers about today's big policy ideas and issues. Today, we're looking at public interest technology, or PIT, what it is and why is it important. The concept is well established in the United States and the United Kingdom, but it's little known here in Australia. To discuss this, I'm joined by Newgate Australia partner, Faye Akindoyeni. She's a member of CEDA's Public Interest Technology Advisory Committee. Faye, welcome to the CEDA Policy Snack. Um, we're going to talk about public interest technology. Uh, that's a topic that sounds like it speaks for itself in many ways. Um, one way to describe it is simply that it's technology that's in the public interest. But what does it mean to you? Thanks, Melinda, and thanks for having me along. Um, public interest technology, it's a fascinating area because it's so pervasive and yet so undefined for most people. If you think about it in the context of technology um, is so much part of our world. We, we see products, we see initiatives, we see policies around technology all the time, and yet so few of us actually give it thought in terms of who's the technology there to benefit is it there to benefit me as an individual? Is it there to benefit um, the company that produced it? Or is the company that's using that technology to provide me with a service or a good or information? Or is it there to benefit the broader society that I live in? Is there a public interest in the quality, the standards um, with which this technology is being delivered to me and utilised? So if you look at it from that context, you know, there's the practical you can say, you know, do we have any standards as a society in terms of what we expect from current and emerging technologies, how they're designed, how they're developed, how they're used to advance the public interest? That's a simple approach, um, but really hard to unpack. Who is responsible for making sure that those standards and regulations and policies actually are appropriate for our society and for the technology without strangling them? And what opportunities do we as a general public get to voice our opinion around the technology, the policies, the regulation and the world that that technology is creating for us? Yeah, the, I mean, it, there's so much to it, isn't there? And, you know, I think our own agenda at CEDA with the public interest technology work um, is really obviously one to put those issues front and centre and, and two, to sort of, you know, to unpack them. Who, whose responsibility is it? Um, and, of course, you know, I think where we come out is that it's a shared responsibility. Uh, it's something that people who are developing the technology need to think about. Uh, people who are using the technology need to think about, um, you know, and that's, you know, businesses adopting technology, but also individuals and consumers themselves. Um, and I think so much of what we've seen to date is a sort of a, a sense that technology is is moving at such a pace mm. that how how can individuals expect to um, to be able to keep up, if you like? And so, you know, I think one of the issues, of course, then is trust. Yes. Um, how how important do you think trust is in this whole conversation around technology and public interest technology? I I suspect that trust is central because trust is connected to social license. You know, it's a it's a common. So it's a phrase that we hear more and more about, but social license is really um, the existence of an agreement or a compact 
between the community and corporate or government or other entities that says, you know what, I trust you for because of certain factors or behaviours you've done in the past um, to deliver or be engaged with me in the future in a way that is safe, is not going to take advantage of me. That's become a really sensitive topic. There, you could, it's been argued that some of the technology that's been introduced in our lives in recent times, and most people often um, talk about that in the sense of, in the context of social media and those platforms, a lot of people feel that the pace of change that has been introduced by that technology is not necessarily in their ultimate best interest. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. And the pace of change, I think, you know, people start using things perhaps not being fully aware, um, and then before they are and before regulation has caught up uh, possibly then then you know you've got this ubiquitous um sort of service mm. i guess and and people people feel like they're then playing catch up and it because it's become so ubiquitous then um they almost feel like they they've got no exactly. choice if you like exactly. they feel like they're dependent even against their will on the service provider they might love the service they might love what they're getting from their device or from that online platform but they're also resenting a little bit their dependency on it and that's, that's a real issue because what can then happen is people, instead of thinking about the opportunities that come with technology, they think about all the threats. There is quite genuinely at the moment too many um, participants in this space. There is so many players in the technology space because it is genuinely our future our future is going to be pervasive with technology. And there appears the government to date has not shown the kind of leadership in this space that the private sector, the public need to have more confidence that this technology will ultimately be in their interest. And I think you'll find the researchers, recent research has shown that they themselves acknowledge this, that when they're putting together regulatory responses in technology, they don't truly understand the technology itself. They don't understand its limitations and they don't feel they understand the potential threats. So for a government, that's a really hard place to be in because they're primarily driven by trying to make sure that the Australian society is safe, that risk is defined and being mitigated. But in actual fact, in technology space, they, they say, well, the most common conversation they may have with um, innovation and technology companies is, why can't you do this bit of regulatory that I'm asking you for? Why can't you take that down? Why can't you block that? Why can't you share more information with us about the what's underneath your algorithms? Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point and, and probably a really nice point to finish off, in, if I can, and just in terms of letting me sort of round out with, you know, the purpose of our own public interest technology work, which is really about... How do, we, um, how do we push for leadership? How do we acknowledge that um, if we're going to get technology right for the greater good, that it can't be an issue just for government, but that they're going to have to build really good relationships um, with those who are developing the technology. They're going to have to rely on um, expert opinion and analysis and assessment of technologies and what it means um, for society and for, for business. Um, and really with a focus on transparency mm -hmm. and engagement with the community so that we're bringing everyone in the, into the tent, so to speak, um, really around this idea that technology can be hugely beneficial 
but not if it's if it's not framed around that purpose specifically and the the risks and opportunities um, understood and and addressed basically spot on thanks Faye um, that's uh, Newgate Australia partner Faye Akindoyeni. She's a member of CEDA's Advisory Committee on Public Interest Technology and you can go to our website, ceda.com.au, to learn a lot more about this topic. Thanks so much for listening.